Welcome everybody back to Friar Talk. Hope you all are having a good start to your week. Going to be talking a little bit about this Manny Machado contract because as we know, he finally got paid. We had been discussing it. I mean, I feel like we'd been discussing either his contract or Soto's contract or, or, or anyone's contract really in terms of extension and especially those two guys. So Manny ends up signing his deal. This is huge news for the Padres. Very, very big stuff there. Um, so that's kind of basically all we got on store for tonight. Probably not the longest live stream. Um, I'm, I think the plan is to do the World Baseball Classic on Wednesday. Not 100% sure on that one. Um, but we get to talk about Manny Machado. So I think this is a huge win for the Padres. Uh, we had kind of, me, Chase, and Isaac, we kind of briefly discussed like what a deal would look like. And our thought was, okay, this is going to look like something maybe 10 to 12 years, more like 8 to 12 years roughly 400 million 380 350 somewhere in that range like 350 to 400 i think this is on the lower end of the deal if you look at what he's making he's making 1.8 million dollars a year more than what he was making before on his Mm -hmm. 10-year contract and that he initially signed and you add it up and you go okay well in his final year he will turn 41 years old in that final year of the contract that's really not that crazy and especially for all the deals that we've seen and you start looking into it and, and Manny's a guy that could age really well throughout his contract. So overall, I think this is a huge win for the Padres. I think Manny Machado was very clear that he wanted to stay in San Diego. He wanted to do whatever it would take. Um, and I think he probably could have got quite a bit more on the open market. I think he probably could have got a deal that was about 35 million a year for 10 years on the open market. If he was able to test for agency, he ends up taking a little bit less in, in what I think is um, to be you know, to finish his year, finish his career probably in San Diego. So overall, I think this is a huge win for the Padres. How are you feeling about it? Hopefully he's going into the Hall of Fame with a Padres hat on him, man. I think that's, I think that was kind of made obvious that that's what he wants to do. That's what Peter Seidler wants him to do. AJ Preller wants him to do. I'm I'm very excited. I mean, 11 years, 350, going to be here till he's 41 or 42. Um, I think 25 million of that is a signing bonus. <laughs> I think 25 million of that is a signing bonus. So I don't know if that counts towards the luxury tax or whatever it is. Um, I don't know how that works, but yeah, I believe 25 million is a signing bonus. Um, he kind of was making it maybe not obvious, but he was kind of hinting at it on Friday on Ben and Woods when he was saying, you know, they signed him to the lifetime uh, friendship contract. And then he said something about, about uh, hopefully there's more of this after. And uh Maybe it was just going through like a physical phase or something like that. But nonetheless, a few days later, signs for 11 for 350. Um, I think he's going to age gracefully, man. I think it's going to be only a matter of time until, until maybe he transitions into a first baseman, six, seven years. Um, maybe he'll transition to a first baseman. And I think he'd play fantastic at first base. But for right now, he's going to stay um, the gold glove, platinum glove, third baseman that, that we all know he is. Um, last season, put up a seven war absolutely deserving of a raise and and you know when you look at all right Manny was signed in 20 what was it 2018 2019 beginning of 2019 February of 2019 um it was 10 for 300 record one of the record-breaking deals um a deal that was like wow I've never seen this type of deal Harper did what 12 for three something or 14 for three something I forgot um but at the time, it was wild. 10 for 300 is a lot of money. Um, and Manny Machado didn't have that big of a market. It was just pretty much us and the White Sox, I believe it was. And we offered him that big money contract. And at the time, it might have been, wow, that's a lot of money. 
maybe it's too much. After putting up a seven more season last year, you think, wow, we got a bargain of a season from Manny Machado. Um, now, if, if he puts up another five, six war season for 31.8 or 32 million, whatever it is, that's another bargain of a season for Manny Machado. And those will continue as long as he's in his prime. Um, not mentioning the, the capabilities he'd bring or the leadership he brings that he's brought along with him. Um, I mean, this is everything you want in your star and your franchise cornerstone, your star player, your captain. This is Manny is everything you want. So couldn't be more excited for that 11 350. I thought it was going to be 10 350. Um, but luckily another year was added. So it did, it did um, lower the AAV. Uh, Manny did say he wants to play up until he's Nelly Cruz's age. And uh, he's one step closer to that. Yeah, and, and we, you talked about a little bit about how he could potentially move over to first and stuff. But I think right now, when you look at this contract, the AAV is $31 million. That's really not that crazy for a lot of, of similar deals in the league right now. Um, and overall, that, that's why I think it's a it's a big win. I also think like if you're looking at guys that you want in the back end of, the, of their deal, I feel like Manny Machado is definitely a guy that you want like that. We talked about this when Trey Turner signed, but I was kind of like, yeah, I'm happy the Potters didn't sign Trey Turner for that just because he was going to make an absurd amount of money, significantly more than Bogarts, I want to say. And when he loses his speed, he's going to lose a large element of his game. Manny's game is based off having just absurd reactions, like his speed just of like understanding what's around him fielding-wise. He's so good at that. So either at, at first or at third, wherever he's playing, he's still going to provide that. And if he ends up being a little bit older and you know he has to add some weight and stuff and go play first, Dude, he's still gonna hit a bunch of home runs. Like, so, so I like it a lot. Um, I also was looking through Manny's stats uh, just right now when you were talking, Isaac. It's a little bit interesting because when he signed that deal, if you remember, when he signed the the three hundred million dollar one, a lot of people were kind of thinking, "Oh, this is a bad deal for the Padres. The Padres overpaid for Manny Machado. They did whatever." Dude, that's one of the few mega contracts that has actually worked out because it actually worked out. Like, if you sign someone to a contract. And there's an opt out in the middle of the deal and they opt out and you guys renegotiate and you bring them up, like you add six additional years. I want to say it is six or seven additional years to that contract. That initial contract, we'll see what the second one looks like, but that initial contract is a huge win. That is as good as it could have gone. So through Machado's first four years in San Diego first year, and I don't want to say it was like a disappointment or anything, but he had no one around him. Right. And right, he had a yeah. three, or sorry, a 796 OPS. So it was a pretty down year, not that great kind of whatever. And it, and maybe you could have thought about like, ah, maybe this wasn't the best deal in the world. Well, then the that last three years, he's followed up with a, and this is the COVID year, but a 950 OPS and 836 OPS and 897 OPS. And last, and last, and two of those years, he was top, top three in MVP. Yeah. Top three. Yeah, so top like, three. crazy. If you're looking at it, you're going, dude, he, yeah, that first year was kind of a turning point, but that's already going to be like expected. He's coming from the AL outside of, you know, a few games on the Dodgers and stuff like that. And you look at what he's been able to do in San Diego. It has been really, really good. I mean, for these big contracts, it's like him, Harper, like you could make the argument that Mike Trout's contract hasn't been worth it for the Angels. And like Mike Trout is... Mike Trout might be the – we might go into next year at the end of the year and go, oh, Mike Trout was the best player this last year. Like, we might still see that, say that, you know. So, it's not that it's not necessarily the talent that's there. It's, like, how he's performed under it. And that that first deal was amazing. So, 
I think that's huge. I see a lot of people talking about it, and I will admit it is pretty funny about like the Padres having this retirement home. But if they bring Soto back, they're gonna have Soto and Tatis basically through their primes, like at the end of their prime is when their deals will be up. And then it's like, okay, you have Xander and Manny on like deals where they're just getting into their 40s. That's not that crazy. There's a lot of teams that have guys that are 40 years plus. So I don't think this is a deal that's going to like burn the Padres long term. Um, I think this is just a huge win. I think for right now, we've already seen, we saw Juan Soto, I don't, or I don't know if you saw it, I saw this the other day where he was talking about the Padres team around him. And he's talking about, yeah, this is the best. And keep in mind, he won a World Series. He says this yep. is the most talented team I've ever been around. And he's absolutely telling the truth. Like, that's not even a question. He can see, yeah. like, dude, we have an absurdly deep lineup. We have good pitchers. We have a great bullpen. We have – he probably thinks he's the best closer in the game. I mean, I feel like most players, if you ask them who's the best closer in the game, they're probably going to say Josh Hader. Um, yeah. And you start looking around at this this core of this lineup, and you're like, yeah, it's worth it. Even if those back end years aren't that great, it's definitely worth it. So, and I'm pumped. I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna be great. And I think it's interesting to see what Manny will look like in eight years. You know, because I still think he's gonna be a pretty formidable player. Which, for a lot of people, I think that's a super far fetched statement to make. Like, oh yeah, this guy's gonna be late thirties and still be able to produce. Does anyone feel like it's like he's just gonna fall off a cliff? Because like I really don't. Nah. I feel like I feel like he's gonna play very well. I, I mean, Adrian Beltre played pretty well. I thought he was a fair comp with Manny Machado. He played pretty well down um, down the road. Uh, but, yeah, I think Manny's going to be fine, man. Like, I, I think he will move to first eventually, and there's not a better guy you really want at first. Um, so I, I'm excited to see where he goes. I mean, eight years, that's a long time. So hopefully we see him. And, and there is a full no trade clause. There is a no opt outs, and and it, it's a step into guaranteeing he's going to be a Padre. And I like you know you put in the title likely a Padre for the rest of his career. Yes, it is likely. It's not a guarantee. Um, but as for right now, I, I couldn't be happier that he's going to be hopefully going to be a Padre for the rest of his career. That's going to be that's a that's a Machado jersey that I'm gonna need, man. So I'm I'm gonna be definitely on the lookout for a Machado jersey. I don't know what color yet. I got white Tatis. I got City Connect Tatis. Um, probably gonna be looking for a San Machado. Uh, so I'm excited to be able to get one of those. Um, but you know, going back to Juan Soto, I think that definitely should be a contract that needs to be worked on now. That should be one of the first priorities, if not the first priority. Um, what I think might be difficult is legitimately keeping him in a Padres uniform for more than five six years after 2024 and the reason i say that is because i think in order to get his services i, I think in order for the padres to get his services i think they should include opt-outs and that's not beca because juan soto's the, the market might change in five six years it's probably very well gonna change in five six years if juan soto can make 35 40 million in those five six years and then let's say he's still one of the top hitters of all time. He can go ahead and make 45, 50 probably in, in those upcoming years. So I think in order to be able to keep Juan Soto, put an opt-out in his contract, um, basically assure that this window is going to be prolonged for at least five, six years. By doing that, you have Xander Bogarts, Fernando Tatis, um, Manny Machado, Juan Soto, Joe Musgrove, probably you Darvish, a lot of guys locked in through this championship window and you're going to 
win a lot of games just by having those guys locked in your lineup and the front of your rotation, maybe even the middle part of your rotation. But that's where developing is going to come in. Um, and I'm sure the Potters will work and do a lot of work in terms of finally being able to develop guys. But, you know, having four cornerstones in your lineup and and two formidable pitchers in, in your rotation is going to be huge for, for the Padres. And that's why I kind of think it's going to be smart for the Padres to kind of have a player-friendly contract rather than, okay, well, we want him around for this long. Um, no opt-outs, no nothing, because you want to favor Juan Soto. Remember, his agent is going to get him as much money as he possibly can. So um, include an opt-out. Make it a, sure, make it like a 12, 13, 14-year deal. Give him an opt-out after six. I think I think Juan Soto will be open to that. I, I feel like that's definitely the case, too. And and I think it's interesting. That, that's what I wanted to ask you next. was like, okay, what do you think how this impacts Juan Soto? What do you think the Padres are kind of looking on that end of the contract? Um, and Juan Soto has two years left on his deal. I would even go out to say, I think it would be a huge win if the Padres could keep Juan Soto for two more years after that. Imagine if yeah, the opt-out yeah, two years down yeah, the road. Like, w, he huh? signs a 10-year, $400 million deal or whatever it is. That, that seems about right. I don't know. I'm just kind of putting yeah, it off the top of my head. And there's, you know, after two or three years, there's an opt-out, a player opt-out. He can opt-out if he wants. If he walked after that two or three years, like, you would still be adding two to three years of prime Juan Soto. So that's a, that's a win in itself. So I, I don't know. I, I like the idea of bringing him back, honestly, for any amount of time. Um, I'm trying to see. So Juan Soto right now is Maybe. 23. He's going to be 24, 24. next year. Mm-hmm. So if you kept him the next four years, you get 24, 25, 26, 27. That, that's a pretty good win right there, right? Like, Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. Mean, I mean, you, you, you got to maximize that that you know, that little trade, you know, that trade that you made. Um, it's going to look a lot better. The more, the longer you can keep them, the better it's going to look. Every year. Every year you Every, add is like, yeah. oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah, so, exactly. I so, expect I mean, him to do something similar. What, what yeah. would you kind of guess that he, like they would be trying to discuss – Maybe not right now, but let's say after this season. I, I know it depends if Soto plays well. I have a feeling he's gonna have a damn good year. Like, let's say he has a really good year. What do you think the Potters are gonna go up there and like realistically offer him? Yeah, uh, you know, the, I'm glad that you brought up after this year because it's very unlikely coming off the year he had, and it wasn't a bad year. It was just wasn't the over 300 batting average with a crazy OPS plus and on base percentage Juan Soto type year. That was 2021 with a second place MVP finish. Um, Cause this year it was just, you know, like an eight something OPS. And I say just, but you know, it wasn't the Juan Soto that we know. Um, so let's say he goes back out there and puts up another top five MVP finish, maybe even wins the MVP. I could see, 12 for 480. I like that. 12 for 480 with an opt-out after five or six. I'm trying to do some math. Let's see. 40 million a year. That's 40 mil- Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense. You got the okay, yeah. Um, yeah, that seems about right. Yeah. And you say I- opt out after like like halfway through, roughly. Yeah, 12 for 480. Opt out halfway through. He just, you know, I'm, I'm really going to, I'm just going to assume that he's going to have a top three, top five MVP finish, if not win the MVP, because that's what Juan Soto does. Like 
his numbers are absurd. It was just a down year last year. It was a year where he was surrounded with no help in Washington, had nobody around him, gets traded midseason, had to adjust to one of the hardest parks to hit in in all of baseball, come to a division that's much better. Much better. Hold on. No, it's not much better. It's actually a little worse. Uh, I forgot that he was with the Mets and the Braves and, and the Phillies. But yeah, it's a rough division to be sitting in. Yeah, Especially on the Nationals. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, but just a lineup with no protection that, you know, no protection provided to him. Um, but now Fernando's back. Xander's in the lineup. Um, no, Big Nelly Cruz is in the lineup now. Uh, you know, they, they made some additions in the lineup. He's going to have a lot more protection than he's ever had. And I firmly believe he's going to finish with like a 950 OPS. Um, like 32 home runs, 30 home runs, something like that, and like a 160, 170 OPS plus. And that's a $40 million player. Yeah, it's funny that everyone talks like about how like a Juan Soto wasn't himself last year. On the Padres, he posted a 778 OPS. How many years of our lives growing up would that have been Ooh, either the best or the second best? best <laughs> <laughs> like almost every year, right? Yeah. But, like that's that's wild and like that was like a really like you could see him getting frustrated from like his struggles even though he's still playing above average um but it's pretty crazy that that's like oh yeah he like fell off at the second half of last year it's like well not really like when most guys fall off they're having around like a 600 ish ops level like for for at least a duration of time whereas one said it's like yeah no he was still like solid (laughs) Yeah, he was he just was, not was, a god at the plate. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think that seems about right. I think 40 mil, 40 mil seems right. I think yeah. 40 mil, 12 years. If you offer him 12 years, opt out either six years or maybe a little bit before that, I, I think that could potentially be a win for both sides too. Because he might actually leave after that opt out where like Manny, it felt like he was definitely staying. Like you're still getting Juan Soto throughout his prime, which I think is is huge. Um but yeah, I don't know. I, I definitely think that that becomes a bigger priority. Uh, another question for you. Do you think this do you think this will make like not only this deal, but the Darvish deal and the Machado deal and that we expect them to really want to extend Juan Soto? Does this kind of take them off of the uh, Otani train in a way or no? I think now it's between one or the other, Juan Soto or Shoei Otani. Um, what about I Vlad? Mean- uh that's a good one i just i don't know i don't i'm really opposed to paying a first baseman a lot of money um and that's not just due to eric cosmer it's just because i feel like there's a decent amount of um first baseman that that have some slug and and it's probably one of if not the easiest positions to play on the field it's not a premium position um vlad jr is a great bat but Juan Soto is a better bat. Shohei Otani is a better bat um, and a better pitcher, um, you know, a pitcher in general. Uh, but, yeah, I, I also just don't think Vladdy is going to leave from Toronto. I think they're going to do everything they can to bring him back. Um, but just, fo- you know, focusing on, on Shohei and Juan Soto, I really don't think that 
the opportunity to get both will be provided to us. I think one is going to be, I, I can almost assure one will be with us. I really do believe one of Juan Soto or Shohei Otani will be with us, not only next year, but in the foreseeable future. Um, because let's say, like I said, you know, if Juan Soto finishes top three in MVP voting again this year, you're going to drop 40 million a year on him, 37, whatever it is, and you're going to be happy about it because that's going to be a consistent thing from Juan Soto. Does he play pretty trash defense? Yeah, kind of. But I think his defense is going to be a lot better in left field this year, whereas in right, right Pecco, it's so much ground to cover, but left field, it's so much smaller. I mean, Jerks and Profar looked fantastic in left field last year, and he was never really an outfielder, and we always used to complain about his outfield defense. He looked great in left field at Petco last year. So I, I think that's going to help Juan Soto in the defense department. And if he's able to put up a decent, just, you know, de- decent defensive numbers and he's able to go out there, put up a seven, eight war again. Yeah. You're going to drop that money on him because the Padres have shown that if you play good, you're going to get extended. Dude, Fernando was phenomenal. His rookie year. What didn't play almost the whole second half of the season was out from August onward, then played a 60, 59 games. I forgot why he missed that one game, but he played 59 games. And then they said, all right, 14 years for you, $365 million, whatever it is. They dropped a bag on him because he played so well. Same thing with Manny Machado. They dropped a bag on him because he played so well. Same thing for Xander Bogarts. Came off a 6-4 season. Sign him. The Padres reward you for good play. Joe Musgrove got $20 million a year for – that was only after like a season and – like a season in two months, a season in three months, something like that. Um, same thing with you, Darvish. So they sh- they're showing as long as you play good for the organization, they're going to do everything they can to bring you back. Juan Soto does that. I can almost guarantee he's going to be in a Padres uniform for the foreseeable future. So I'm excited. I'm excited. I mean, this is a big year for Juan Soto. I think it's one of those years where it's not his walk year, but um, it- it's getting pretty close. And Another guy, Blake Snell, is getting it is his walk year. Let's see how he does. Um, I don't think he'll be a Padre next year, but I'm excited to see how well he does in a walk year. There's a bunch of guys that the Padres might consider throwing money at. If Blake Snell wins a Cyan, finishes top five in Cyan voting, I wouldn't doubt that they try and extend him, even though it's I think it's unlikely. Maybe they'll try. But Juan Soto's yeah. gonna be our top priority for, for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I think so too. I I do really really wonder what happens because I, I'll say this. I, I think like right now Juan Soto immediately with his contract, um, with the Machado contract, he becomes the number one priority. However, the idea that if you sign Otani, you would also have Soto overlap with Otani for one year. Like if you had to pick one. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know it's not good to be like, oh, we're going all in one year. I actually don't hate that idea of like the, of like team building. Players. Those are the players like, to go all in on. Yeah, exactly. It's like okay, well, if we get Otani instead of Soto, there's one year where we have them both. That's pretty yeah. insane. So I think that's like actually like I don't know. To me, that's a fair thing to bring up, even though I think it's like you shouldn't go in all in on one year. But I, I think that they're probably going to try to really go after Soto. I mean, we've talked about it. I told you I still think that they're going to – that they, in theory, they want to go and sign both. 
by the way, I don't think that they're going to be able to get all of them. Like I, I always said, like two out of three, that's what you're shooting for. Yes. Well, you just got one of them in Machado. So if you can get one of the other and you said you feel confident that they're going to be able to get at least one of them, that's insane. Like that's still a super good core. Um, and let's say it is Soto. You have Soto and Fernando as your building blocks on your offense. Let's say Fernando fiz- figures it out upstairs after last year, right? You really don't have any issues with Fernando. <laughs> that is, that's the best young building core you could have, right? Like, is there? I'm trying to think of other teams like that are that are young and have like good players. Like, no, no duo in baseball is better than Fernando. T- I mean, it's really a a quartet or whatever you want to call it. But if you're looking at young duos around the league, no duo is better than Fernando and and Soto. Like. Body and like Bichette is pretty good, like not as good. Like it, like you can bring up other names, but it's like it's not, they're always like ah, oh, not as good, not as good. Like every time, so. Mm-hmm. Machado and Tatis great. were already possibly the best duo, and yes. I mean you're not necessarily replacing Manny, but it, it, if you're going based off young duos or duos in general, it's it's Machado or, and Soto or Soto and Tatis or Tatis and Machado, or however you want to match it up they're the i firmly believe the best yeah yeah and uh, i see one comment here the only young team is the braves i mean the braves yeah but also like the who's the braves other guy besides acuna like who would you it used to be ozzy's not young yeah ozzy's um like hmm. guys will emerge don't get me wrong i think i think think their core i think they're way better of a team, not a team, but I think they're more well-rounded than we are. But we're t- we're talking just stars. Yeah, Padres, they, they got it going on. Yeah, because the Pod- I wouldn't say the Padres' whole team and whole roster is necessarily no. young. Like it's not. Yeah. Um, yeah. but they're two like two of their young superstars. That's that's one. Riley Strider, yeah. Otani or Soto, yeah. I don't know. I think Otani or Soto. I think it's tough. I think you're just gonna go after both. Like. You're gonna see what happens. Yeah. And if I like I said before, I told you, I said if you somehow get both, you just say, all right, we're gonna have to take the L for a few years and then we're gonna yeah, trade yeah. Bogarts because <laughs> there's no, or you just trade Bogarts. Sorry, man. Like you're you're here last. Like yeah, Otani, but honestly, I don't know. I mean, if you're looking short term, Otani helps you way more um because he's an ace. But if you're looking long term, Soto. It also totally depends on what Otani would want. Because what if Otani signed a two-year, one hundred million dollar contract, bro? <laughs> like, 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 like a like a deal, like how you're talking about with the opt-outs, where it's like, okay, he he signed, he technically signed it a ten-year, four hundred, like Otani did, right? Yeah. But it's really like there's fifty million over the first two years, and then you're gonna he's gonna opt out, of course. Like it could be one of those. I don't know. I I'm really intrigued to see what Otani wants to do because. There's also rumors like the Angels are trying to extend him. I feel like he is not going to be an Angel yeah. anymore. It's like his whole market is so fascinating too because he's just like so like dedicated to the sport and to like being the best. Where it's, it's I, I don't know. It, it's really interesting to see what he'll do. I think yeah. I think it's going to be so fun. We were talking about it. Otani watch. Otani watch. Otani watch. It's uh, it's either gonna be make Otani a Padre twenty twenty four or make Soto a Padre twenty twenty, or sorry, make yeah twenty twenty four, or make Soto a Padre twenty twenty four slash twenty twenty five. Um, it's it's an interesting thing with with uh, Shohei Otani. He's gonna be twenty nine going into free agency. 
how many teams are going to be willing to throw 50 million plus at him knowing what if he's not pitching in when he's 36, 37, maybe 38, what if he's not pitching anymore? It, it's it's a really, really interesting thing with Shohei Otani because you look at the numbers up front and you're like, wow, this guy definitely deserves 10 years, 500 million type of thing. But are there really going to be teams willing to throw 10 years at him? And and I feel like, and I'll also say this, when you're looking at these contracts, who do you think is a safer safer guy to, to lock up for 10 years? Otani or Soto? Soto, like well, easily, Soto, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like yeah, it's, for I don't sure. think it's that close. No, it's not. No, it, it's for sure Soto. Um, it, it's just a weird thing because even if you're not willing to throw 10 years at Otani, you might have to. You might yeah. have to say, well, shoot, if he's not pitching in five, six, seven years, I'm going to be paying a $50 million for a DH. Yeah. I do wonder, too, because for the Padres, the other thing is if the Padres – here's the other aspect of that. If the Padres are, like, in a, you know, like a, a battle in terms of, like, who's going to offer more to Otani, and it's between them and the Dodgers, both teams have an incentive to put more money on the table to not mm-hmm. let the other team get them. Like, because all of a sudden, especially with baseball now, like, you don't want to be in the wild card. It is a huge disadvantage for your chances of winning a World Series. A th- a three games on the road, like that's not that's a that sucks a, compared I, to a buy. I thought uh, I thought the Padres were cooked. <laughs> I really did. I was scared, man, because in New York facing the Mets. I mean, I think I think before that series started, I did say, well, they are the Mets, so maybe I expected us to win, but I that doesn't mean I wasn't dude. That that was a very terrifying series, and and I know. In the NL, at least, both the wild card teams made it. He kind of is. Um, both the wild card teams made it, but <sighs> it's a little tougher now, just because the wild card game is now, or the wild, it's now a wild card series. All three on the road, meaning you have to use your three top pitchers, and then you have to go face the one or the two seed with your number four as your as in your game one. For us, it was Mike Clevenger. We got we. I mean, we, we stood no chance. So no, you're you're absolutely right. It's yeah, and also Chibrock says here, Peter Silas building his own Chicago Bulls, MJ years super team for baseball. I wouldn't be quick to say that he can only sign Soto or Otani. Peter wants his his murders row. I dude, I agree. I mean, I, that's what I've kind of felt the whole time. Um, we had a lot of conversations about this, but that's what I think that they're trying to do. I just wonder like what it looks like and if they're able to actually land both. I, I think that's, I think out of everything, that's the most likely thing is they go after both and they don't land both because think about if they just landed both right now, think about all of the talent they've brought in like the last five years, that would make it so ridiculous. And then like, they call it Merrill too. They're like, fuck it. Merrill's up. Salas is up in like a, a year or two. Like it, it would just get stupid. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. And- I mean, I think, I think it works like that, that's ideal if you're trying to win and you're trying to because I also saw this wait I saw this comment up here I got to bring it up from Arthur Manfred really thinks the Potters will have to rebuild in a few years because they're small market that's exactly like that's the whole thing right like oh they're small market yeah. well yeah but if you're winning a bunch 
then you're not going to be small market anymore. Because no. I think that's their goal. That's like the overall objective from like a business aspect is like, yeah, we have no competition with other pro teams. The Chargers left. We can just dominate this this region and be one of the biggest baseball franchises. That's yeah. a thought. Like, so yeah, I think I think that makes sense if they want to swing. And if you're gonna swing, like if you're gonna have a hard swing, and your your two reasons are like, all right, we're gonna lose money these seasons because we decided to have both of Juan Soto and Shohei Otani. Yeah. I, I think it makes sense, right? Like we can get behind that. That's a lot different than being like, yeah, we need to uh, we need to go get all these guys like. Uh, you know, Corey Seager, or Dansby Swanson, or stuff like that. Like, like yeah. that's not that's not getting you over the over yeah, the hump. Screw that. I mean, your goal in baseball as an owner should be to be a brand like the Yankees, the Dodgers, whatever it is. Your goal should be to be a brand like that, rather than the afterthought that the Padres were for our whole lives. They were an afterthought. Now they're being talked about daily in M- on MLB Network, whatever it is. They're being talked about daily. And Peter Scythe is doing an amazing job in making this, this franchise a brand, making it something that everyone wants to talk about. Everyone wants to go to the ballpark to go watch Fernando Tatis, Juan Soto. Like He's, he's putting a great product on the field, and now there's – season ticket caps now there's a wait list for season tickets now there's so much going on for the padres that they're quite possibly the most entertaining team in baseball there are reporters lining up outside of spring training to go talk about and go talk to padre to the padres that has never happened ever so i don't know if you ask me peter sadly's doing an amazing job and i don't really think he cares about having to pay other teams, the Padres having to pay other teams for the first time, whatever it is. he does, I don't think he cares. He said, you know, they asked him about the risk of investing all this money into the Padres. He said, well, there's a risk to doing nothing. There legitimately is a risk to doing nothing. Dude, you don't get any, like, you don't get any money by putting Corey Spangenberg uh Julius Chassin like you don't get any money putting those guys on the field I don't know if an NASCAR track would work in San Diego um that that's an interesting one they should try it but yeah I mean see that guy he's worth three billion man and there's so many more I think there's like many many more owners that are worth more than him that aren't spending as much money and now they're mad they're they're like we should propose a salary cap there's never been a salary cap. Salary caps have never been proposed up until Peter Sadler started spending this money. You can look at Steve Cohen also, but that's a New York market. He's expected to maybe not spend $362 million, but he's expected to, to spend up. The Padres are not. They're the third smallest market. Now they're proposing a salary cap rather than pointing out the horrible owners that spend less than $100 million, less than $150 million. They're trying to protect them rather than help their fans put help their fans see a valuable product they should implement a salary floor yeah and also like going back to the stuff that manfred said about like oh the potters aren't built to, to spend this long well manfred is also the same guy that decided that the the best thing the mlb could do 
was to deaden the baseballs to increase viewership. So does his opinion really matter? Because he seems like he is the most lost of all of the commissioners. Like, your idea was you're going to deaden the baseball? That's going to increase viewership? That makes no sense, dude. That That's stupid. And then also his whole argument on like, oh, yeah, like there's some small market, some big market teams. Dude, if if you're as an owner, because like you're talking about like there is risk to doing nothing. That's what Seidler said. A lot of owners do that. Pirates owner, Clippers did that for a long time. A lot of owners do that, right? Teams are just consistently not good. And they do because they can make a small, small cash cash flow, right? Every single year. Well, that's because a lot of these billionaire guys have so much like, not to say that they're poor, but they have a lot of debt and they're leveraging assets and they're trying to just make cash flow because they can't afford to go deep into that stuff. If Seidler, this is what he's doing and this is what he wants to work on basically. And he's like, yeah, I don't mind losing a bunch of money, then it, then it makes sense. And, and it doesn't matter if you're a small market because you can develop into a larger market by doing that. But other owners don't even have a chance to do that. So I don't know. I, I think, yeah, I think, I think, yeah, calling a team small market and then having, being like, oh, like upset about their spending, that makes no sense for, like, why Not would the commissioner sure. be upset about that? What? Like, bro, worry about, worry about, like, you haven't created a channel. You, ha- you have the most obvious and easy, thing you could ever do you could create an mlb red zone channel that would be an absolute oh, banger God. why is oh, that God. not done dude no. we've been talking about no, this for years right. i've told you this like i'm like i don't know why that doesn't exist i i guess there is one that does exist but it sucks it's not even close to what red zone is no i, you know how I agree sick that would be oh we're yeah, tuning no. in for we're tuning in for mike trout's at bat with the bases loaded oh let's switch it over fernando's up with guys on second and third Oh, yeah, that'd be pretty fun to watch. Um, I don't know why you don't do that, but they're too worried. They're trying to. I don't even know. I, I don't know. What, I don't know what Manfred's trying. No, to do you're this. you're you're very right. He's he's trash at what he does. Um, there's actually a very hot topic going on right now that we for sure need to talk about, um, and that is the pitch clock. The pitch clock is one of the most controversial things in baseball right now. Barely implemented, and it is very controversial. Matt, for you, I can understand if if you like it. I don't, I'm not saying you for sure like it. If you like it, I could understand. You live in New York, you got to watch a West Coast team, um, and for you, those games start at ten, so it helps you. Yeah, I also I will, I, go for it. I was gonna say I like the pitch clock. However, I think it's horrible right now because there's going to be an adjustment period. And mm-hmm. if you hear some of the minor leaguers talk about it, they're like, yeah, like it'll take a little bit. The fact that there was a bottom of the ninth spring training game, tie game, yeah. three, two bases loaded, and they called this like an infraction and struck him out. That was hilarious. Now, yeah. if I was at the game, that would have been like, bro, you have to be no, kidding it me. me off. It would have pissed me off for one second. Then I would have been like, I just saw history right here. I just watched the bottom <laughs> ninth, three, two tie game end, just end on nothing, um, which would be pretty crazy. I like it. I think overall, I think we're going to look back on it. We're going to be like, hey, I like the flow of this game. Think about other sports for a second. Football. There's a play clock. 40-second play clock. And it's nice. You know why? Because if you're watching one football game, you can take a second. You can do something real quick in between. Baseball, there is a problem that sometimes you just will not see pitches. Dude, we watch Blake Snell all the time. Watching Blake Snell when he's struggling, when he cannot locate, is horrible because he starts getting really slow when he does that. You saw the video of the Altuve inside the park home runs, right? <laughs> yes, with Pedro Baez. It was yeah. six inside the park home runs yeah. in between a pitch. 
like yeah so i think overall when we look at it back on it in a few years it's gonna be like okay this is probably a good rule but i get why people are freaking out right now it is way different it is a huge yeah. adjustment and it looks it looks awful right now but me, I, I do like it long term let me tell you because I, I understand if people like it i i like aspects of it i do like aspects of it but as a baseball purist and i kind of feel like an old head um but as a baseball purist i hate that stupid pitch clock bro i hate it i despise it it, it feels way too much like a shot clock violation to me feels way too much like a what is it called in football um play game there we go like dude it feels way too much like that baseball was never that i grew i never dude I, there was not a clock in sight for me when i played baseball um so i think dude i do too bro that's the thing is i feel like an old head i feel like coach oh my god no you just compared me to um, you're just talking about yourself, but still, like, I don't want to be compared to coach, bro. Oh, that's an L. But I'm glad they're testing it out now because I think there are going to be things that need to be fixed. First thing that needs to be fixed, do not implement that in the seventh, eighth, or ninth inning, please. Like, that can go away. You're still going to save 10 to 15 minutes, hopefully, just in those first six innings. Maybe just take it away for the eighth or ninth. In the playoffs, I firmly believe it should be taken away completely. I think those moments are too big to put a pitch clock out there. Like, dude, how would you feel? Bottom of the ninth, you got runners on second and third. You're facing Max Scherzer or you're, I don't know, some stud is on the mound. And you're up and the game is all up to you. And you have eight seconds to prepare for it. I can't do that. I personally cannot prepare my mentally prepare myself in eight to seven seconds to go in there against one of the best pitchers in baseball with our whole season on the line. I cannot do that. I need more time. So in the regular season, I could understand it. But in the playoffs, give me all the playoff baseball I can get, man. I mean, shoot, I don't care. Throw juice balls in there. Let's get an offensive explosion. I don't care, but... Dude, you go to the bathroom in the third, it's the freaking fifth when you get back. It's the sixth. I, I don't like it. I don't like it, man. I mean, I think I just don't like it right now because it's so fresh and because I'm seeing weird results like games ending like that. And I don't really think it'll happen like that in the regular season. It's just such a weird thing right now because I feel like 15 seconds is not enough. Maybe if it was 20, I would be happier. But I don't feel like 15 seconds is enough. I understand that it's going to help games go by faster. And for those of you that, you know, you like going to sleep earlier, Matt, you live on the East Coast. You got to watch a West Coast team. I don't care about it. I mean, I, I just like watching baseball. Um, So I think it's great. I mean, shoot, I, I, I'm not going to lie, though. I hate sitting through those four-hour Marlin games or the four-hour Padre Red games. I can't do that. So I'm glad the pitch clock is in for those. But um, just as a baseball purist, man, it's going to be hard for me to adapt to that. Um, I'm excited to see, to see if I do end up liking it come May, June, when maybe all these – infractions kind of stop maybe when the players get used to it but for right now i'm not a fan 
No, that's fair. And, and and I do wonder what it looks like too. Like, I also think like, I think that the reason they're changing it isn't even to reduce the overall time of the games. I, I don't think that's, I think that's going to happen. It's going to be, it's going to impact the games in that way. I think it's more about creating a, a structured flow to the game. Because think sense. about it, like, when you watch basketball and football, you know the flow. Like, your brain, your body, you know the flow. And it feels very, like, it's very, like, a, it's very common, right? Like, okay, and you kind of have the clock going on in your head, right? You know the play is going to be about this long. You know when they have to do it. They got to do something. So I, I get it, but, like, I do think there's legitimate pros and cons to it. Like, I like it. But I understand a lot of your takes. And I think that for playoff time, Isaac, I'm going to actually – I didn't even think about that before. I don't think it should exist in the playoff. Nope. Why are we changing that? Playoff baseball is, is amazing. It's like Playoff beautiful. baseball is one of the coolest postseason events. Um, and especially for series, like a, lot of, like a lot of series, like it's like, oh, whatever. Dude, playoff baseball, like you have a series and it can go up and down a lot throughout the series. So I don't know. I, I, I like it a lot in terms of not doing it for the playoffs. I think that's a good idea. However, regular season, I think it's fantastic. I think it's yeah. huge. I think it's going to be a, I think it's going to be a big win for the MLB. Um, I think at first I thought most people hated it because I saw the outrage, but most people like it. They like it. Yeah. And, and, and don't get me wrong. I understand why people like it. You know, it's, it's not a game. There's probably a good actual 25 minutes of actual action in baseball. So I think the pitch clock creates more action in a condensed amount of time, which for the casual fan that's maybe just being introduced to baseball, I think they will appreciate that because there's not as much standing around. Whereas, you know, in football, there's action almost the whole time. There's action almost the whole time in in basketball as well. I think in football, it might be a little less, but there's action. You know, there's always action. In baseball, it's not that way. Um, so I think I think casual fans will appreciate that. I think fans being introduced to baseball, they're going to appreciate that a lot, and I completely understand that. People with kids that do go to sleep early, they're going to appreciate that. My dad, who goes to work at you know nine thirty or ten, he's going to appreciate that. Um, but I don't know, man. It's going to take me some time, and like I said, I just feel like fifteen seconds isn't enough. I think if it was twenty, I'd be happy because. 15 just doesn't feel right, man. I mean, I, you're telling me I got five to eight seconds. <laughs> oh, you know he is, dude. You Darvish might be too. Um, but I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know, man. I see Czar said that was the pace if you're talking about purists, bro. I'm I'm not from the 60s, 70s, or the 80s. I I'm talking about a purist in terms of what I've been watching my whole life, in terms of what's been the normal for as long as I can remember. Um, but the pitch clock, I don't think it's that bad of a thing, man. I just feel like maybe there's other ways to speed up the game. Maybe maybe 15 isn't enough. Maybe 20 would be better. Maybe 20 would satisfy everyone. And please, please, I do not want to see that thing in the postseason because these postseason moments, they're made by the buildup of seeing, you know, the, the pitcher like, off the bump mentally preparing himself for maybe the biggest pitch of his life that moment gets taken away by that stupid clock i think um so i don't know man it's a very controversial thing that i think maybe won't be as controversial come june maybe i'll actually like it come june um 
but it's gonna take me time. Dude, it's fun. I I I knew we were gonna talk about that tonight because when that happened in the spring training game, where it's like no way, the legit scenario, like the everyone like it's like the dream scenario. Bottom ninth, bases loaded, two outs, three two count, and they called a strike on an infraction. That is hilarious. Uh, I think that is so funny. Uh, um, but yeah, no, I, I do wonder what's gonna happen to Snell with the pitch clock. Maybe he's gonna be a beast. Watch Snell's just gonna be quite <laughs> well. Well, when he's doing good, I feel like he works pretty fast. Yeah, when he's doing bad, he gets all like pouty and he like scratches his head. He like yeah. takes his hat off and he like walks around. Yeah, like it's so it, there's so much extra stuff going on. So I don't yeah. know, maybe it'll help. I, um, I do like all the other rules, like the shift ban. I like it. Um, teams are gonna somehow manipulate it. Twenty four. Twenty four seconds. Like NBA shot clock. I feel like twenty four is a normal. That uh, depends on who you are, I guess. I feel like Blake and. And you, you Darvish might legitimately take 30 to 40 um, normal, but it's going to be really interesting to see how, how all these pitchers adjust, even the hitters. This is what maybe, I think. Yeah. May, maybe that is true. You know, when all the players adjust and all the, all the pitchers adjust, maybe that is for sure true, but ah, oh, man, it's going to take me time. Oh. Oh, I don't know. Okay. Let's see. I've got a couple other things here. Um, do you see the Kim the play that Kim made? Which one? I, I don't know if I did. Uh, I haven't seen anything on Kim. I think, shoot, the most recent thing I saw was Fernando abusing oh, Michael Walker. In the sim game? Yeah. <laughs> Poor Michael Walker, bro. <laughs> Fernando was abusing him. <laughs> I saw the relay from Kim in the in the first spring training game, too. Mm-hmm. Um I need to be able to get a ticket to a not small game. All three of them last year were Snell. Go Dude. to a Darvish game, bro. Go go to go to a Darvish game. Yeah. Those are my favorite. I'm trying to think of who I saw. I saw no, I saw Snell and Darvish late last year. That was the Darvish game or the Snell game wasn't great. The Darvish game was good when they played the Mets. Yeah. That was Darvish like fire. Yeah. Seth Lugo game. <laughs> I wonder if Seth Lugo starts. I really do. Or like if he's a real starter. Great question. I think to start the season, yeah, he will be. But is he going to go like – is he going to ever go past five? I mean, maybe we see him go three or four. Or we see Chris Matt go yeah. two or something like that. Chris Matt, I think he started today, and he's starting in the in the WBC. Yeah. Okay. This is a good one. Weather's Revenge Tour. Dude, Weathers is Weathers is Weathers pumping, is man. pumping. Yeah, he's pumping. Yeah. His his whole issue, I mean, not his whole issue. One of his big issues before was that he would throw like ninety one sometimes. He was would fluctuate like crazy through velocity, and yeah. I don't know. I think that's huge. If he can if he can start pumping velo up, like what was he he was touching ninety seven? You said right? Yeah, ninety seven, ninety eight. That could be that could be massive. So. Yeah. yeah, that'd be that'd be cool to see. After he got, they just kept throwing him out. Twenty twenty one, when it was like, dude, he's a kid. Oh yeah, we knew, we, knew, we knew like four starts before. I mean, before four starts before it happened, we were like, dude, please don't throw him out there again. It was it was like mean. It's like cruel. It was bullying. <laughs> <laughs> 
Julio Tehran over Seth Lugo. Now that is a hot take, Ace. That oh my is god, like a hot take. I I saw Julio Tehran's numbers. You didn't think they're that bad, huh? No. <laughs> uh, well, <sighs> there was one year where he had like a ten ERA. Last year, apparently, he threw a game, and he did okay. And the years before, he was actually pretty good. So I was, like, really confused. I was like, why did no one give him a chance? Like, he probably would have been shit, but why did no one give him a chance last year? Like, mm. it, That's going to yeah. be interesting to see. Does he make the roster? I Probably not, right? You got you to gotta guess I not. I doubt it. I think this is yeah. more like, uh, you know, you're going to pitch some spring training games, and if another team likes what they see, you'll go to them. Yeah, I mean, who would he who would he get a spot over? That's a great question. Literally, no one. There's no one. That, He's not better than anyone. Be like, with with Walker there, it's like almost impossible. Yeah, and is he even gonna be able to beat out Cole Hamels? Like, yeah, probably I, not. I, yeah, exactly. I I don't know. I don't know. Um, what else? What else we got here? Nabil, yeah, honestly, I don't know. <laughs> you talking about pork fried rice in the comments, Isaac? Yeah, bro. <laughs> I mean, Ace, you ain't never heard of Dintai Fung, bro. You gotta got go. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what else to tell you. You, I, you're spot on. You, you do gotta go. Like, you're, you're missing out a lot. I'm sure a lot of people in San Diego know of Dintai Fung. They have to, yeah. Okay, final thing we'll talk about, the AL Central. We've been doing all of our predictions, so we'll, we'll wrap it up with a quick predictions on the AL Central. Um, in this division, you have two teams that are not going to compete. You have three teams that could win this division, and there's a chance that only one of them makes the playoffs. Isaac, who do you think is going to win the AL Central out of the White Sox, Guardians, and the Twins? <laughs> I like how you left out the Tigers and the Royals. Um, I'm going with the Guardians. Uh, year in, year out, they're just a good team. Uh, Jose Ramirez, consistently top three, top five MVP candidate. Amazingly consistent player. Um, just signed Josh Bell, and I know he didn't look very well with very good with the Padres, but Josh Bell is still a very good hitter, and I think he's going to bounce back over there in, in Cleveland. So um, that's going to be a great addition to their lineup. And then you know, they still got some good players on Dressing Menez, um, Stephen Kwan, uh, Miles Straw. I think they still have him. Uh, but they got good players kind of all around. So uh, I'm, I'm excited to kind of watch. I'm not going to watch them that much, to be honest. But I'm excited to see the Padres play the Guardians because that, that's one of those teams that I'm always interested in seeing the Padres play. Um, Josh Naylor was good for them last year. Kyle Quantrill was good for them. Um, you know, so there's some former Padres on that team. Uh, and and I do think that's going to be another eighty eight to ninety two win team, and I think that's going to be enough to win that central. Because I think I I don't think the White Sox are very good, and phew, Twins are tough. So I I think the Twins are good. Where like I think they could hang in there. I I think the Guardians are probably the easy maybe I don't know easy the projected favorite going into the year, but. The Twins could be pretty good. Like, the Twins added Pablo Lopez. Um, they brought back Carlos Correa, of course, after that whole fiasco. And then they have, like, some guys that they added. It's like, maybe Christian Vasquez. He's a good catcher. They added Joey Gallo. 
he's not as bad as he was on the Yankees. That could be a, a win for the contract. Um, and they're like pretty solid. But the big thing with them is like if Carlos Correa and Byron Buxton are healthy and your top two players in your lineup, that's significantly better than anyone else besides uh, Jose Ramirez on the Guardians. So I feel like they have more star talent. And like their rotation's pretty solid now. It's not that great. The rotation right now is supposed to be Pablo Lopez, Sonny Gray, Joe Ryan, uh, Tyler, Tyler, uh, I forget how to say his name, Mahal, Mahil, I forget. Mahal. And then Kenton Maeda. Um, Maeda is your five, is honestly pretty solid. I've always liked Maeda. I know he's older. I know Sonny Gray's older, but like you added Lopez, like you have a legit starting rotation. But the thing is, like, the Guardians are just so well coached, and they're yeah, just they're, consistently they're the, yeah. the team. Yeah, so so that's why I take the Guardians, too. Um, also, the Guardians had a couple couple solid uh, upgrades. I mean, they add Josh Bell. I know Josh Bell wasn't great in San Diego, but Josh Bell's a good, a good be guy for the mad. Because, mm-hmm. dude, their offense sucked. You remember their playoffs? They were rolling out, like, Austin Hedges, and it was like, yeah, wow, yeah, yeah. really Jose Ramirez and a bunch of bums. Jose Ramirez and Josh Naylor and a bunch of bums. That's what it felt like. So yeah. um, I guess Quan is Quan as well. Quan was yeah. he's a good hitter. No power, but like no power. Good good leadoff hitter. So I don't know. I, I, I think um I think yeah, I think this is accurate. Johnny says if if Buxton can stay healthy, they can make some noise. Yeah. I think so yeah. too. Mm-hmm. And I think that that might be fun, but I don't know if anyone will even make the playoffs outside of the guardians the division winner. Win yeah yeah um yeah the centrals both of the centrals are going to be so much different now that they don't get to play each other 20 times a year dude it's gonna hurt them a for lot. sure yeah it's gonna hurt especially because the ale is pretty good pretty like solid and, and deep too where like the yeah. centrals clearly the weakest division so and maybe that maybe that helps the twins too like yeah. maybe it brings the Guardians winning percentage down. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Cleveland's pitching is legit. I agree. Uh, and also their bullpen is good too. Uh, Emmanuel Claus or Claus A. I forget how you pronounce it. I don't even know how to say it. Yeah. Um, former Padre. But they, dude, he is, he is absurd. Daddy he is pumped. so good. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And they, they have good starters as well. Bieber. Who else they got? Tristan McKenzie, Cal Quantrill. I love Cal Quantrill. Um, yeah, pretty pretty solid. They're good, man. They're just a good team. Interesting, interestingly enough, though, the Twins like projections from their starters is probably a little bit better than Cleveland's on okay, FanCrafts. Yeah. I'm gonna say that the Guardians um, is gonna be better. I don't know. That's that's my guess. Like yeah. just because of their coaching, yeah. because of their what they consistently pump out. Um, yeah, it does suck uh, watching fewer NL East and AL East games, though. Yeah, this uh, year especially. Yeah, yeah, I agree, and and I would love to see the Padres play the Dodgers nineteen times, but yeah. Well, you got it. Is go it's try it, Ace. Go try it. It's, it, it, it's gas, dude. It's so far. I think uh, next time, uh, Isaac. Next time I come down to San Diego, we'll have to we'll have to go. We'll go to Vincent. So I haven't had it. In, I haven't had it in years. So. Really, dude. Yeah. It's, it's so far. Yeah. I'm trying to try a new restaurant a week. One every that's day. That's a good that's a good thing to do. Yeah, so trying to try a bunch okay. of new things. Any recommendations, tweet at us, drop them in the comments. But yeah, I'm trying to try something new. What are you going for? Like nice stuff or like whatever? 
Sure, man. Anything. I went to Mama Cats in San Marcos. I don't know if uh, anyone in here knows that spot, but pretty popular spot over here in in, uh, in North County for brunch time type of thing. <laughs> if I go in here, <laughs> uh, pretty popular like brunch, bro. Applebee's. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there you go the good stuff good um but yeah um yeah mama cats super fire i just went to this place in san marcos called the uh, amalfi cucina italiana um had the lasagna there super fire as well um yeah just trying just trying to try some new places no, i, I have you have i haven't i feel like i've it's i've heard of it before I don't know if I have. It sounds really familiar. I don't know why, but it does. Um, but I would have to say probably not. Steve says Hooters. We got Hooters, Applebee's. Um, Ace said he's unsubscribing if Din Tai Fung is mid. Uh, <laughs> Twin Peaks. My roommate actually just went to the Twin. Wait. My, yeah, my roommate just went to the Twin Peaks uh, cafe, actually, in Portland. I don't know if you know that Ooh. show, Isaac. But... I don't know. It's like a it's like a famous spot to like go to if you know the show. It's like mm. in a little town. That's cool. Um, what about this one? El Patio and uh, Chula Vista. I remember that one, bro. What about the one in Tijuana? If I <laughs> if I can find my passport, I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> Korean barbecue. I feel like I haven't had a lot of Korean barbecue. Before. Never had. Yeah, my, my friends have been or my coworkers, man, hype it up for sure. Okay. I don't know. I don't know this place, but have you ever got hot pot before? No, I, I wanna I wanna go to this place in Carlsbad called Tabu Shabu, and I think it's hot pot. Yeah, dude, it's it's weird. I went there like maybe like two months ago. It's good, it's super good. Yeah. But it's like it's like when you go to a restaurant, it's like very like, you know, you're like doing stuff at the table. I don't know. It, it reminds me of that. Um, like when they like, if you go like to an Asian restaurant, they like throw shrimp into your mouth and stuff like that. It, it kind of has that feel to it just because it's like you're putting the hot pot on it. I mean, it, it's not like that, but I don't know. It just reminds me of that, I guess. Yeah, man. I mean, I want to try it. It looks delicious. Oh, I liked your answer of our high school. High school. Laquinta high school in La Quinta. <laughs> Um, do you guys like cooking? Well, I'm actually working as a line cook right now, so I usually don't cook at home, like because of that. Because I'm like, fuck this, I don't want to cook anymore. I've been cooking all day. Um, but normally before that, I would cook more, but now it's like, no, nah, I can't. It depends, bro. I mean, I don't know how to cook many things, so I guess I hate cooking. <laughs> but you know what no sometimes i i do like the satis satisfaction i feel if i cook something good so. yeah and it's fun to learn recipes i'll say that it Super is, fun it is. I, I do i mean i i love helping my mom uh on, on thanksgiving i love helping my mom make whatever she needs to make uh, i think that's one of my favorite parts i get to spend time with my mom and, and help her in the kitchen um but yeah i i enjoy cooking sometimes yeah, I think home-cooked meals are also, yeah, they're better than average restaurants. But also, if you go to a a good, good restaurant, it's like, oh, fuck, dude. Like, it, it's crazy. Like, dude, some of these places in New York, like, every once in a while, like, 
then my girlfriend will go out and we'll get like a nice, nice meal. Or like we're spending more money than we should be spending. And it's it is a an experience and a half, dude. It's worth it. But I don't know. <laughs> I can't <laughs> get over <laughs> No, man. I mean, I, I I the reaction you get from trying something new, like, and it's actually that good, is like, I don't know. I can't help myself playing, God damn, oh my God. This is so good, you know? Because yeah. I'm a big foodie person. Um but when I cook, it's canned tuna and rice. Oh, dude, I, you gotta try something new, man. Yeah, man. I mean, I don't know. You maybe try beef with the rice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, YouTube is good for teaching you, though. Ah, man. Yeah, I'm but it's also eat. hard to like make it work. Yeah, yeah. It, it definitely is. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Johnny, that's because you're trying to cook those Applebee's recipes. Yeah, that's why you're trying know, to burn man. your kitchen down, dude. I don't know if I should, if I would trust you in my kitchen if you're recommending <laughs> Applebee's. I don't, I don't hate Applebee's, bro, but not my thing. Okay, cooking with people goes hard. Okay, last thing, then we're, then we're taking off. Do you ever do dinner parties? People would leave after 30 minutes after eating my shitty food if I had a dinner party. <laughs> so, so during so during COVID, like me and like my friend group in college, we would do dinner parties all the time. So we do like a lot of like me and my girlfriend will have stuff, especially out here now too. Where we'll do like eggplant parm nights with like wine and shit. Oh my god, dude. So much fun. So fun like so a, fun. a true dinner party. I don't know. That's like my that's I'd rather do that than like a house party I, I think it's awesome um yeah wait is this taco place right here is this the one you were telling me about gas bro it's is this one by the stadium it's by the stadium now yeah that's another one that next time i'm in san diego i'm going there 100 you gotta do it dude you gotta do it bro i mean it's just it honestly life-changing life-changing for me it's funny because like I'll, I'll take a taco over almost anything. Your tacos are good. I a that's good? the one thing. I, that's what I miss out here is there's not really burritos. A, a good, like, good ones. ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. New York, I yeah, I can imagine a good other taco is the way to my heart. That's like always been my go-to. Like, oh fuck it, like, let me just grab a burrito. Like five minutes, I'll be I'll be real quick, and it's like so easy. Yeah, eight bucks. Then yeah, you're that's good. not how it is out here. You get built for the rest of the night. Yeah, Lolita's best Mexican food, Trevor Rose and all. Uh, that was so funny when he was doing that. When he was like, he loved Lolita's. <laughs> I honestly, I, I definitely shouldn't have been the case, but I thought that he was like getting so hyped about the Mexican food that I thought he was going to take a discount to stay in San Diego for the Mexican so food. Like I he was so that. into it. Mm-hmm. I really did think so too. Dominican food is also good, dude. I, there's actually a Dominican uh, deli by me that I'm I need to try. I've heard like really good things about. So I'll get yeah, back yeah. to you on the Dominican food. I've never had Dominican this... food. Best burrito spot in North County? Okay, this is the last one for me. My favorite burrito spot growing up when I lived in North County was Jose's Taco Shop. And I don't know how many people know about it, but it's in Oceanside or maybe borderline Oceanside Vista. Um, that was my favorite. I think it's kind of bad now. It's like decent. But my favorite was Jose's and um, Eddie Vettico's. Yeah. All right, guys. 
So should we call it? I'm ready. All right. We'll be back on Wednesday. I think we'll be talking about World Baseball Classic. 5.30 Wednesday. That's when our next stream will be. We will hopefully see you guys all then. Have a great night. And pumped that Manny Machado is is locked up for, for life, basically, on the Padres. So we'll talk to you all soon. And, yeah, see you guys on Wednesday.